Welcome to the Retire While You Work podcast here in Nashville, Tennessee. We believe the concept of retirement in this country is fundamentally broken. We work ourselves to death and we miss out on so many of life's precious moments. I'm David Adams. I'm Carson Odom. I'm Miles Zuger. And together, as a team of certified financial planner professionals and CPAs, we're committed to helping free others from this antiquated mindset, using our three-bucket approach to managing money and finding creative ways to live now and retire while you work. Join us as we discuss a variety of financial topics and ways to help us change the way we think about time and money and which one of these is the true currency. Welcome back to another episode of the Retire While You Work podcast. I am Carson, and I've got Miles with me. Thanks for joining us. And today's topic is going to be about something that we've recently, especially this year, have been getting a lot of questions about. It's Series I savings bonds from the United States government. I think when I was a kid, I was gifted a few Series EE savings bonds, which are a little bit different, but they're also issued from the government. Um, have you, Miles, have you ever heard of Series I savings bonds before today or before this year? They gained yeah, popularity. I had, I had heard of them, but I don't think they, they certainly weren't in the news or people weren't talking about them like they were now. Similar to you, I was, as a kid growing up, I was given some EE savings bonds for birthdays and holidays. Yep. Um, same that were, you know, interest bearing and at the maturity date had a, had a decent payoff. Maybe you put, Somebody would give you a savings bonds that they paid, you know, fifty dollars for, and by the time you got it, it was worth maybe a couple hundred bucks after interest and everything like that. So, um, I'm familiar with savings bonds, but again, we like you said, we've been doing a lot of research on these I bonds given the uh, prevalence that they've had in the news here recently. Yeah, and I think um, I don't know if we confirm this or not, or if it's just a logic we're using. Series I savings bond, maybe the I stands for inflation. I think it's inflation or interest. One or of the interest, two, yeah. one of the two. Um, and the reason is they are, and just we're going to kind of recap, give the lay of the land of what these bonds are, why they're getting so much talk these days, um, and then how they might apply to you. So they are bonds issued from the U.S. government, and they're different from Series EE savings bonds is because these are supposed to be hedges against inflation. And we'll go on about how the rates derive from. So just a couple of items on it. You can only buy $10,000 of Series I savings bonds per year per household, or I'm sorry, per calendar year per person, not per household. So for example, if, you, if you're married, husband and a wife, you could each buy $10,000 of Series I savings bonds, and then the next calendar year, you could each buy $10,000 of savings bonds once again. That's the max is 10 grand. I think the minimum purchase is $25. And all of all of our research we're getting, it's from the Treasury website. So they list out a lot of details about it. You can go read for yourself if you'd like. Um, and there's only one way to buy them also, and that is direct right. from the U.S. Treasury, which I think it's like www.treasurydirect.com. Not that we're steering anybody .gov, there, but I think .gov. .gov. But that is the only, the only place that you can actually purchase these. We can't buy them for you. No other financial advisor can buy them for you. You can't get them from e-trade or anywhere like that. That's right. Their only place to get them is from the US, US government. government. Yep, that's right. So you can put minimum purchase of 25 bucks. And here's why they're getting so much steam. So Series I savings bonds 
are comprised of two different interest rates. There is a fixed rate as well as a variable inflation rate that when you combine and add the two, it gets the overall rate for savings bonds. So for example, the inflation rate changes, well, the fixed rate is currently at zero on current Series I savings bonds being issued right now. It has not been above 1% on this fixed rate since 2007. It's gotten to 0.4, 0.5% back in 2018, 2019. And I, I believe it follows the federal funds rate, which is set by the Federal Reserve. We've been hearing about the uh, Federal Reserve increasing the federal funds rate, you know, 50, 75 basis points throughout this year. And I think it's currently around 1%. So this fixed rate on these Series I savings bonds might start to float up slightly. However, the ones currently being issued by the U.S. government as of this summer are the fixed rate is set to zero. And that really is the only guarantee on these things. I know Carson's going to hit on the second part right now, but I mean, in buying these, you truly are you know buying a guarantee of zero. Carson, if you want to hit on the second part, which that's is kind right. of that inflation part to the to the bond. So that's the fixed rate. It locked in at zero percent these days, but it's it, that varies. It depends on when you buy them. Um, then the second part is the inflation rate. So this number is based on the CPI numbers, so the Consumer Price Index, and it's updated every six months. So for example, they post every six months they issue they update the rate so i believe it's in may and november there's new rates issued for if you wanted to buy a series i savings bond so right now until uh towards the end of this year the current semi-annual inflation rate is 4.81 percent which since that's semi-annual if you annualize that that's a 9.62 percent annualized inflation rate so if we have a fixed rate of zero plus a 9.62% annualized inflation rate. You add those two together, and all of a sudden you can buy a Series I savings bond direct from the United States federal government that's paying you 9.62%. And But again, you're only limited to $10,000 That's right per person, per household. So depending on your given situation and you know how much outside of what you're already saving each month for expenses or other investments or debt that you have taken on. Um, you know, how much this truly moves the needle is left up for debate based on your situation. That's right. That's right. So I think that why it's catching headlines is because all of a sudden we're hearing, wait, you can get not, I guess it's not a hundred percent safe, but as close to safe money as you can get, that's offering 9.6 per true annualized rate of return. That is, that's why everybody's like, wait, what is this? What is this? What's going on? I can get say have money that's safe and I can get almost a 10% annualized rate of return. Kind of, yes. However, there's some stipulations involved because that inflation rate is indeed variable. So And you're not collecting on this on a monthly basis. That's I mean, exactly the right. interest is earned monthly. But it's accrued. But, but it's accrued and you only actually realize this when you go ahead and redeem that bond, whether that's I, th I think we're going to hit on here with some yeah. of the, the dates and the penalties, but it's not like you're, you know, in your checking account, you're seeing 50 or a hundred dollars a month hitting there based on whatever amount you own of these bonds. It's That's just right. accruing until you redeem it. That's right. So these bonds, the minimum ownership has to be one year. So at least 12 months and the maximum term is 30 years or until you redeem them. So after one year, you could redeem your bond and cash it out and get your interest whenever you wanted. The maximum term is 30 years. And I think what's causing 
My hesitation personally with these is because there are early redemption penalties. So for example, the minimum ownership term is one year. However, if you redeem it before five years, you forfeit some of your interest that you've earned. So if you redeem it before five years, you have to give up three months worth of interest. But then if you hold it for five years or longer, there's no penalties on the interest. Um, so it's still a, a good rate of return, but it does cut into you know, that what looks like a 10% return that you're just able to, able to get essentially risk-free. That's right. It, it starts to cut into that. That's right. So let's, let's play on an example. You buy one, current rate of return is 9.62%. Now that's semi-annual. So in November, when they update this, your current bond, that variable interest rate that's based on inflation, if inflation's under control and it's lower towards the end of this year, that 9.62 could fall some for the next six months. Um, but let's just say for the sake of argument, it's the same. So you hold it for one year, you get a, let's say you bought $10,000, all of a sudden you make a 9.62 rate of return. So your $1,000 has, or $10,000 has generated $962 of interest. Well, if you immediately redeem it at 12 months, well then you have to give three months of that interest. So all of a sudden your 9.62% rate of return, you have to, that lowers your annualized rate of return down to 7.22. Now, is that good? Heck yeah, that's good. That's safe money that's giving you over a 7% rate of return and you had to give up three months worth of interest. Um, but I think what is my biggest hesitation is inflation rate is variable. So, you know, and not only is the inflation rate variable, but you can only put 10 grand a year in. Um, and your guarantee is zero currently. Right, and the fixed rate is zero. So the one of the best ways to lock in these becoming more attractive is if the fixed rate was 2% and the inflation rate was super high right now, then that would be extremely attractive because no matter what, you if inflation goes to negative, we have a deflationary period, which that's not happening anytime soon, you still are getting 2% safe money and you could get a 2% annualized rate of return for the life of the bond that you hold. That could be for 30 years. That's pretty solid. No matter if interest rates go as back to zero, you're still getting two percent. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're if you're treating these as what they are, and that's just you know more of a of a cash savings that you can redeem if you truly needed to. I mean, this certainly isn't gonna gonna be what's funding your retirement by any means. But uh, you know, over the last couple of years, when rates were low, I mean, they were historically low, but checking accounts for maybe, you know, on a good day, a good money market with maybe paying you 0.25%. And so if you're able to get a couple percent, that's pretty solid, but from a savings perspective, not necessarily from an investing perspective. So you definitely need to separate out savings and investments and, and where this really fits into your overall picture at. That's right. Um, a couple odds and ends, no state income tax. If you live in a state that has an income tax, there's no state income tax on the interest when you redeem it. And there is a kind of an interesting tax advantage. Uh, let's say you buy some Series I savings bonds and you hold them for 10 so years, you have a decent rate of return. Whenever you go to redeem them, you then are potentially owing tax on all that interest that you earned. Well, if you use that amount of money that you earned in interest on higher education expenses, that's tax-free income that interest you don't owe federal income tax on. So that is a way to avoid having to pay taxes on it, on that interest income, federal taxes on the interest income. Um, so that's just a little tidbit. So I think that's a synopsis. Did we miss anything, Miles? I don't we, think so. I, I, I mean, think we covered them for the most part. Again, and, um, and 
these are going to be the right thing for some people's situation. They're not going to be right for other people's situation. I think the biggest thing we wanted to do was just kind of all the questions we've been getting about them. We wanted to address it and run through, you know, the, the quick and short of how they actually work. And, you know, it, I think to us, it felt like there had to be some catch in that a a near 10% rate of return is great right now, especially when the market's down year to date, but there is a catch in that you have to get some, some of the return or the, the, interest if you you know redeem within that five-year period um and there's the the one-year holding year period that goes along with that but that's right um i here's what's cool is on the it's treasurydirect.gov by the way where you can go and read about these and also purchase these the online government website if you have a um so people, I mean, these were being issued 20, 25 years ago from the federal government. And just a little tidbit, if you bought a Series I government bond in towards the end of September or towards the end of 1998, your overall rate right now is over 13% that you're earning. And the reason is because there was a fixed rate that was higher back then when these were being issued, plus the inflation rate that you're getting right now is so high. And that's a great rate of return. now. For a long time, those bonds were not yielding anything because inflation's been under control the past the past decade, especially, but also over the past 20, 30, 40 years um, since the last time we've been seeing inflation at this high. So we've had 0% fixed rate on these inflation, uh, inflation Series I savings bonds since I think it's been, it hadn't been, I mentioned above 1% since 2007. And the inflation portion of it, um, looking at is, also been extremely, extremely low. Um, and it's even gone negative. So that's the thing. If you're locking in a fixed rate of zero right now, let's say, and that's for the life of it, you could hold it for 30 years and your fixed rate's still zero. If we get inflation under control and let's say we have a deflationary period, in essence, if you add fixed with a negative inflation rate, your return should be negative. However, there is a stipulation that you can't go below zero. That's just a little side note, but, um, but it does kind of, I mean, that does kind of, it certainly takes away the, the appeal to them right now. If inflation starts to drop over the next six to 12 months and the guarantee guaranteed rate is still, you know, zero or 1%. The reason that people bought these and locked themselves into them is, I mean, it's, it's essentially gone and, you know, you still are stuck in this for that minimum one, one year ownership period. So that's right. Um, all things to consider if it's something that you've been looking at, uh, over the last few months here and always happy to hop on the phone and and talk through these things with our clients or, or if you're just curious about it as well. That's right. Um, could it work out good? could you get a safe, you know, one year, 7% rate of return? Maybe, especially if inflation runs hot, uh, could inflation run hot for five years? I mean, I mean, I'm not rolling it, it out. I mean, we've printed so much money out of the U.S. government over the past two years. It almost kind of seems like inflation is going to be here for a little while. But but we'll that's another that. discussion for a different time. Yep, yep, that's right. Um, so we really we don't want to give recommendations on them. We just want to provide um, just really an unbiased view on what they are, how they work, um, and then whether or not it applies to you. That's worthy of a deeper conversation outside of a podcast episode. So hopefully this helps. As we mentioned, you can go to the Treasury Direct website, treasurydirect.gov, to research on your own, and that's where you can go to purchase them from the U.S. government. But as always, we're here to help in any way that we can. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Retire While You Work podcast. 
I'm Carson Odom, and I hope you'll continue to join us as we discuss creative ways to manage your time and money. Any opinions are those of myself and not necessarily those of Raymond James. Expressions of opinion are as of this date and are subject to change without notice. The information contained in these podcasts do not purport to be a complete description of the securities market or developments referred to in this material. The information has been obtained from sources considered to be reliable, but we do not guarantee that the foregoing material is accurate or complete. Every investor's situation is unique and you should consider your investment goals, risk tolerance, and time horizon before making any investment. Prior to making an investment decision, please consult with your financial advisor about your individual situation. Any hypothetical examples are for illustration purposes only. Actual investor results will vary. Raymond James does not provide legal or tax services. Please discuss these matters with the appropriate professional.